So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, so welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have Bethany Benner with us today from Oak Ridge Realty, real estate I believe it is, in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Now what you don't know is this is the second time we started this podcast because the first time I was in Jackson Hole and 30 minutes into this very riveting, no pressure on you, Bethany, but unbelievable podcast, all the power went out. So here we are again. Bethany, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me again. Yes. Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give them a little scoop on why, why I have you here. So just, you know, listen up, uh, for the people listening right now. So Bethany has really taken real estate by storm. Uh, the note I wrote down is, you know, maybe it was the fact that she was a three sport college athlete. That's pretty badass. Or the fact that she's just a battle tested sales and negotiation, you know, rock star from being a VP of marketing and sales for 15 years, running a family business, plus a family auction business. And yes, I will be testing her on speed and chanting sometime today. But listen to this, in just two and a half years of selling homes, she has literally gone from zero to 182 closed transactions in that time period. 41 sales her first year, 74 the next year. And as we sit here in whatever month we're in, I think August, She's already had 62 transactions, so she's absolutely killing it. Bethany, thank you for being on the show again. I want to start with the obvious question. You were in a VP of sales and marketing. You, you had a family business you were helping to run. Help people, just give them a little taste of what that looked like so they're going to have a little more context for how you sold 41 homes your first year in the business. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just, I, I helped, I kind of grew up in the business. Um, my dad's an auctioneer and, uh, yeah, just being a part of this real estate business in general. So, yeah. um, it, I knew it was something that I always wanted to do was get into this business just because it was just second nature to me to, to see the transaction happen just in a little bit right. of a different way. Um, and so, um, it's just been really good for me to um, transition, but I spent 15 years in that, in that VP role, wanted to do something outside of what I knew. Um, and, uh, and it's been, a, it's been, it's been interesting the last couple of years to see what I can do on my own. So, right. So, so unpack for people though, uh, the auction business, was it land? Was it real estate? Like what were the, what were you guys selling in the auction business? Uh, D all of the above. So, the above. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, we grew up, I grew up on a farm. So have that, farm work ethic. And so we, I would growing up, we would clean out people's houses and we would do household auctions. We, we had a big, two big farm machinery auctions. So that we would have every single year we do land auctions. Um, and so anything really, um, toy auctions and antique auctions. So all of it, all of it. Love it. So, and obviously you can do the chant I, I can, I'm not, I'm not as good as my dad, um, but I can, I can definitely, I can definitely do it. Give us just a little taste. Oh, I always tell people I don't do this unless I've had a cocktail or two. Hold on quickly. Get her a drink. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that later. Uh, All right. We, she's like, hold on. I need to warm up. Yeah, this is awesome. So, so you did that for 15 years and there's a lot of dynamics in running a family business. And then you decide to transition into residential real estate. So you'd been around it but not really in it. So, so how did you make that decision? And, and maybe what were you looking at if it wasn't going to be residential real estate? What was your plan B? Yeah. So I helped my, I helped my dad. Like he really ran it. I was really there for support. He had him and his um, wife and my stepmom um, really run it. She's now a broker um, at a real estate organization um, back home. And so she, they really run everything. I was there to just help them support it. I just was a big piece of it, um, but decided I didn't really want to run the family business. It was a big conversation yeah. and I saw how hard he worked. He works his tail off. They right. both do. And, um, and so that's why I decided to break off, went to college, got my master's, um, and decided to, um, I kind of grew up in the business of cell phones. And so, um, ran that for 15 years, um, but just would always see their life and everything that they were doing. Um, and so that's what I, then I branched off of saying, I don't want really anything to do with that business. I think you guys are doing, I couldn't do it justice. My dad is incredible. Him and his wife are incredible doing that. I couldn't do, I couldn't follow in their footsteps. I wouldn't do it 
I'm not good enough for that. So um, they just do a really good job. So that's why I decided, you know what, I want to just do a piece of it. Um, if that real estate, I watched them and how they took care um, of their customers and their clients and built that relationship. So I literally just mocked what I saw from them. And that's when I decided after 15 years of being in the corporate world, I wanted to do real estate, but I wanted to, I watched what I saw from them. And that's what I took and, and ran with my own. I love it. So talk about the corporate side really fast before we talk real estate, just to get people more context, right? So, so 15 years of corporate in, in the cell phone industry or like which company give us just some, like some optics there. Yeah. So it was, I started off as like a regular sales associate in college, just needed a part-time job. And it just kind of took off from there, became an area manager and a and then worked my way up to the VP role um, of sales and marketing. And it's for a small uh, regional carrier in Iowa um, and, yeah. and ran some stores in Iowa and Illinois. Um, and in the process, also the, the owner had a salon. And so he asked me to help run that um, as well. So I kind of did both roles. So I had um, understood the commission side from um, a, a contractor side from the, sure. the um, commission from the salon world, but also understood the compensation side from the cell phone world because that's just how I grew up. So that's what I did for 15 years and um, and just helped with that business and understood the business from the ground up. Love it. So you go into real estate and again, like the backstory always gives us more context, right? Otherwise, like it's like it's like looking at a puzzle that's upside down, right? As soon as you look it over and you're like, wait a minute, okay, I see all the pieces. I understand how it all comes together. Um, but I got to ask you first, three sports. I know you played golf because we talked about it before. What were the other two sports you played in college? Yeah, so I went, um, softball's my passion. I do love a good softball game. Yeah. Um, and then uh, basketball and then play golf. So do you think the, um, the competitive nature of just obviously your DNA plays into this? Like you walked into the office and you're like, who's number one, I'm taking, I'm taking her out or him. Like, it, like, was that your mindset? Do you have a little of that killer mindset or, or is it just work ethic? Like help me understand. And then we'll get into all the details. Yeah, honestly, both. Um, I'm super competitive. Most yeah. everybody knows that about me. Um, and yeah. that's just me. That's just my mindset. I see, I kind of figured out who did what, and I'm like, oh, I can, you know, that's my goal. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. That's my goal. I'm going to go after it, but yeah. you can't get there without work ethic and growing right. up on a farm. Um, you don't, and, and helping my dad, you don't have a choice. If he says, we're going to go clean out a house, we go clean out a house. That's what yeah. needs to be done. So just the work ethic from the minute you get up in the morning to the minute you go home and, and that's just what you do to make it. If you want to hit your goals, you got to put the work in. Yeah. So somewhat, some would argue like, oh my goodness, could you imagine that this gal like worked in like New York City or Beverly Hills, you know, West, West Side LA where these monster sales prices, right? Do you think, do you think it would translate? Um, I absolutely think it'll translate. I think yeah. in, in real estate, you have to work hard. Like you right. can't just sit back and hope that it, you know, falls in your, in your lap and you get really lucky. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I've gotten lucky, but I always think the harder you work, the luckier you get. hundred percent. So so let's, let's talk about year one, right? If you go back and reflect on, you did 41 transactions. You started in May from memory, right? So you started in May and you did 41 transactions called in your first seven months. Tell us about a typical day, what worked, what didn't, what were some of the big lessons, you know, re reflecting back on this long career of two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Really long. Um, so I think my first closing was May 6th. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so 41 transactions from May 6th till the end of the year. Um, you know, I walked in um, and literally looked around the office and was like, I need to figure out who is successful. Who yeah. can I steal ideas from? Cause I'm not here to recreate the wheel. Like there's no secret sauce that I have. Um, but I went around and said, how are you successful? Can I have five minutes of your time? I just want to know why, how did you get to where you're going, you know, like, or where you're at. And I just started taking everything from everybody. And I tried to, you know, if somebody was going on a showing, I'd be like, can I go with you? Yeah. Um, listing appointment. Can I jump in? I just want to be a mouse. Can I, I just want to hear sometimes it's just riding around with people and listening right. to conversations with clients. So I did a ton of that. Um, just to be able, like, I can talk to anybody, but I feel like I needed to know what I was talking about. Right. You need to learn the specific language. So, so you know, what's so brilliant about this is Bethany, most people that come in the industry and, and sort of the joke is you, know, you go through training, right? You pick an office 
and they sit you at a desk and you look around and there's like five other people that are all brand new sitting in the brand new section of the office and none of them are selling any houses and that becomes your role model, right? So Tuesdays is Mexican food is what you got from a role model versus you went out and you actively pursued the most successful people in the company who was doing what and you're like, can I just go follow you? Can I just go listen? Like there's just something to that that gives you that, that extra edge, that confidence. But talk about maybe what didn't work. What didn't work? Like reflecting back on your first year, where, where did you struggle? Where was it hard? Because 41 sounds like a lot of success, but I know you got punched in the gut a bunch metaphorically. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I think I think back to, you know, I, I did, um, I invested in some things I probably shouldn't have because yeah. I just didn't know. Um, right. So I did some online stuff that everyone's like, oh, it's going to be great. And it just tanked. So um, I kind of messed with some of that stuff. I I think my biggest thing in my first year was you have to invest in your business to make it a successful business. So that was one of my investments that I felt like I would never do again. Yeah. Um, I think that um, I should have, for me, I felt like I got really busy really quickly and I wish I would have set up some systems ahead of time. And I feel like that's what I did last year. And this year, I finally, I realized I was like, I'm in a hamster wheel that's not stopping. And I really should have set up some things to make me successful so that I felt like I was sometimes running like a chicken with my head cut off. And that was not, that was not efficient, um, with my time and efficiency with what I was doing. Right. I mean, I, I hear that from a ton of people like God, if I just would have slowed down and actually put the systems in place, whether it was a checklist or a process or your marketing, this is how I do it. Um, but let's go back just for a second. How did you generate clients in that first year? Like, what was your, like, did you just call every, you had a big sphere, you just called everybody and everyone said, Oh, I'd love to buy a house from you. Like what, what did you do? What worked? What didn't from a, from a lead generation standpoint? Yeah. So, um, a lot of my friends where the reason I got into Oak Ridge was one of the partners here was a good friend of mine. So anybody that bought a house, any of our friends was buying through him. So nobody right. was there. I, at that point. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to count on my friends because they already have a relationship. So I got to figure this out on my own. I can't, yeah. um, and you know, give them a couple of years to kind of get comfortable with me. So for that, for that instance, I think um, for me, where did I get my leads? I, I invested in and I did online leads out of the gate just for some quick successes to put some money in the bank so that yeah. I could really get myself set up for success. Um, and, and I was smart with my money when it came down to, you know, tax account and marketing money and what I was going to do with that. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was really, um, I didn't want to always do online leads. That's not my goal. My goal is to always have that base. That's going to constantly refer, but I knew out of the gate, that's, I saw that around the office. That was one of the things that a lot of people were doing and then it was working. Um, so that's, that was the one thing I did that I felt like was very successful for me for that first year. So you also mentioned though, in the earlier part, when I asked you about like what didn't work, you said there were some online things that I bought into that didn't work. And, and, you know, without like, you know, having disparaging comments about, you know, a bunch of these different companies, cause there's so many lead aggregators out there, which one for you worked just giving people some context. Yeah. So in our area, um, Zillow worked really well for me, um, and realtor.com. So those were the two that I felt, um, in our area, that's where we were getting, um, I did some Facebook generation leads and I was getting a ton of them, but they were, there was no, there was nothing. I was getting 20, 30, 40 a day. I couldn't keep up. I was wasting my time. I closed one out of a thousand that I had. So it's just, Um, my return on my investment with um, Zillow and Realtor.com were, were better for me. Absolutely. So if you go back to, you know, that first year, you're taking on all these leads and, you know, RDC and Zillow and others, there's, there's a bunch of great sources out there. Facebook, no doubt is effective for branding and letting people know who you are. And, and we get, you know, people will slide into your DMS and it's more of a past client transaction that do you count it as Facebook or not? Otherwise it's super top of funnel and great to just put in your database and nurture, but you're right. Like the conversion is you know, one out of 500, right? So, so what did you learn about online leads specifically? Cause it sounds more buy side in the beginning, correct? Yeah, I was very, very heavy buy side. Um, my first and my second year, um, 34 out of the 41 transactions were on the buyer side. Um, yeah. so that's for me, um, that was, I only had seven sellers. Um, so what I learned, um, I am a follow-up. I, yeah. I mean, I was on my phone 
if you called in, there was a reason you called in and I'm going to figure out that reason. And I'm going to get in front of you and I'm going to figure out how we can get you, you know, you to achieve whatever that, the end goal is. And if that's, you wanted your dream house, whatever that is. And I use, and it followed up. Like I, um, constantly every, and and even to this day, that is something I felt like I've been really, really good at is if I get 20 minutes, I was constantly, Hey, did you see this house? This would be a great fit for you. Let's meet. Um, you know, I'll just trying to, trying to just keep in front of them. Yeah. And again, like I know maybe for someone might be listening to this that's brand new and they're like, oh my goodness. Like, so does this mean I need to go to work for my family business, then go become a, you know, a salesperson, the VP of sales and marketing to have her, you know, her professionalism. You think the answer is yes or no. Do you think, or do you think what you did by acquiring leads just accelerated your opportunity to have more at bats sort of metaphorically with uh, softball? Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to, you don't need to do my, my, uh, professional path. I think for me, like when I talk to any of our new, um, uh, realtors that have come in the office now, I sit them down and I'm like, here's, here's what I did. And here's what you need to do. Here's take, take the five things that I wish I would have done or with, you know, or the five things that I did that I think you need to copy and go and talk to everybody else. But you don't need to follow my path. You don't need to be in the business for 15 years to, you know, to get that experience. Um, I think the biggest thing is just to be humble enough to take it in and don't think that you know it all. You have to learn from everybody around you. And maybe you don't take everything that everybody says, but take something because we need to learn every day in order to to be successful. And because this business is changing every day. Right, right. I mean, that's why, you know, you're so perfect in our culture because it's all about R&D, right? Find out what everybody else is doing, rip off and duplicate, right? Um, But let's talk about time. And and we're going to get into year two because year two is a pandemic. So you know, you, you accelerated your growth, which doesn't shock me at all, but it was a very different environment. Um, but managing your time, and I know you're married, your husband's got his own business, you got two daughters. So, so, you know, do you have like 15 people on your staff? Like, how, how do you, how do you manage it all? Cause it's, especially being so buy side heavy, like talk to us about time hacks, things you do, what worked, do you have an assistant? Give us all of that. Yeah. So I, um, I did not have an assistant in year one or year two. Um, I did it all on my own. Um, and, um, I do have a family and my husband and two kids, um, one's now she's nine. She just had a birthday and three. So very busy. Um, right. but it, everything in it, it, it happens in my calendar. If it's not in my calendar, it doesn't happen. So I time block almost everything. And yeah. then in between appointments, that's when I'm following up or doing different stuff. So unfortunately, sometimes, you know, if you go out for dinner with your husband or your family, you you put that in your calendar so that that way it's an appointment. Because a lot of times, if you don't tell people that you, you got to have some boundaries, if you don't tell people that if you have an appointment, and you can't do it, then it just doesn't happen. Right, right. So, you know, again, you're speaking my love language. If it's not your schedule, it doesn't exist. Um, but I guess the question is like, where's this drive come from? I mean, you're, you're clearly going to do, looking at the numbers, you know, this is going to be another phenomenal year, 80, 90, 100 transactions. You finally got an assistant, thank goodness, right? But where does this drive come from? I mean, is it just the athletics, the competitive nature? Like, do you have siblings that you guys would like see who could throw the paper airplane the farthest? Like, where did it all start out for you? Yeah, so um, I think for me, it's just that I got I got my mom and my dad. My, my dad obviously is very successful in what he's doing and his business. My mom, the work ethic, she worked in a factory for 30 plus years. So in order to, you got to have a work ethic. If you're going to go right. to this job for 30 years and do the same thing over and over. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, it's the competitive side. Um, I do have a sister that I just got her in the business this last year, um, but we're 10 years apart. So we didn't yeah. really grow up together. So I'm and essentially, I was only a child. Um, and so it, it just, it's in my gut that I want to succeed and I have goals and I, I, we, my husband and I go every year, we go away for a night or two nights and we, we, we do a vision board. We talk about what are our goals for this year? What are your goals for your business? What are the goals for mine? And I, I've noticed that when I put stuff on paper, it comes to fruition. Right. Right. So what do you say to the person that maybe is listening? Like, God, have I just had her energy and her drive? Like, you know, I just, I wasn't wired that way. You know, things were too easy for me growing up. I didn't have those parents. What do you say to that person to have them understand that it's possible? It's all about your attitude. It's all about looking in the mirror and removing those excuses that everybody wants to give themselves. 
of, yeah. well, I'm just too tired today, or I'll do it tomorrow, or that buyer is not going to be there tomorrow. That seller is going to find somebody else. And this right. market, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. A lot of people want things and they want them now. And yeah. so a lot of, you just, you have to have a sense of urgency to make it happen. And you got to push yourself, come up with a routine and you have to follow that routine every single day. And yes, your days change, but, and you need to find an accountability partner. You need to find somebody, a mentor. You need to find somebody that's going to push you. Um, and in our office, that was, I found a couple people that I would be like, oh, and they'd be like, mm -mm, you said, and then they'd, yeah. nudge, and they'd nudge me, but you have right. sometimes, cause you're everybody, everybody goes and has a bad day, but you need sure. somebody that's going to hold you accountable and, and going to make sure that you're trying to hit your goals. Cause they care about you. And, and can you overdo it? Can you have too much accountability? No, I mean, yes and no, but I think it depends. I mean, if it's done right, I think people that, um, people respect that, at least for me, like there'd be days where they're like, I want to hear it from you. And they're like, but you told me you did. Right. And that's sometimes all it took. <laughs> yeah. So when did you, when did you first get a coach? Um, just this past year, um, this. So 20, 2020. 2021, actually this. Oh, this year. Got it. E even better. Yeah. So I just, um, I looked at my numbers and I just felt like I was so buyer heavy and I really wanted to work. Um, I just felt like I needed some more time back in my life. Yeah. And I just felt like I didn't have the systems in place still. I felt like I was okay, but I yeah. just didn't feel like I, I, I wasn't there yet. And I needed, I needed help. So I want to, we'll, we'll explore that more. Cause I was like the whole systems and tech is all, you know, something I want to unpack, but I want to go back to 2020, 2020 was a, a rough and hard and challenging and emotional year for so many people. And yet you and I both know housing dependent upon where you were in the world, in the country, the U S you know, really just took off. Whether you look at it, April, May, June, July, it just, it went completely gangbusters and it's almost hard to say that how many people I know that had their absolute best year ever last year in the midst of all that tragedy. I'm just curious for you, like what were some of the big ahas or takeaways or lessons that took place in 2020 during the pandemic that you're carrying into this year? Um, good question. So, um, yeah, I did have, um, a great year last year. Um, we did have, um, we didn't slow down a ton but I, um, I did not slow down at all, um, yeah. but some people chose to do that and that's okay. Right. I didn't choose to do that. I figured out how to overcome the obstacle of, okay, I can't go see the house right now, but I can do a virtual tour or, um, you know, we all need to suit up and have plastic gloves and we need to have masks and these yep. on our shoes and we're going to make it happen. You go in, I'll be right here. You know, whatever that I, you, you have to meet the buyers and the sellers and where they're at and where they're comfortable and you have to be flexible. And that's just what I learned last year is you just have to roll with it. You gotta, you gotta figure out because it change change is hard for a lot of people, but if you're not willing to change and willing to change your strategy, then if you're going to do the same thing over and over again, you're going to be in the same place. Right. Right. So obviously, you know, you, everybody can hear the consistent theme of sort of your mindset around like, Hey, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Work ethic, drive family business, corporate life, starting in real estate. Um, so, so was there a low point for you at all last year or no, it sounds like you just motored through. Um, there was a couple, there's a, there was a couple weeks there where we, we were uncertain what was going to happen. Right. And, you know, I just, I came from a six figure income job and I was a year into it thinking, what did I get myself into? Nobody, I mean, what did, nobody would have written this on the wall that this was going to happen. Yeah. What, what, what I do. So for a couple yeah. of weeks, it got really, really quiet because the state, the state started to shut down right. and we were trying to figure out the banks were trying, the lenders were trying to figure out how do we still meet with clients? Can we meet with clients? Yeah. Some of them didn't have the zoom set up things that just technology wasn't there. Um, and so I think for me just was like, okay, sitting down and figuring out, I can't panic. Um, yeah. I have buyers that still want to see things. I have sellers that still need to sell let's focus on what we can do rather than what we can't do um, yeah. and just move forward that way. Cause that's about all I can do. I can't, yeah. can't control. I can't control the uncontrollables. How much did you up your own game when it came to tech last year? 
Um, were you on Zoom prior? Like, were you, is it a, was that a platform you were using all the time? Like, yeah. And in, in my past life being in that role, um, I did a lot of virtual stuff because I had just a bigger territory. So I, I was yeah. very, very familiar with it. Um, but yeah, so we usually have meetings. We went to some in-person meetings, but then had to do some Zoom stuff. Yeah. Um, I did meet with some people, some of my sellers and some of my buyers via Zoom um, yeah. where I wouldn't normally do. Um, but I met them with where they were at. So if they were comfortable with, you know, maybe we met outside on a picnic bench because it was, they felt more comfortable yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, and maybe they didn't want to sell for a couple months. So we tabled some of that and we worked through that. But technology wise, Zoom would probably be the biggest thing that we really implemented to you from a virtual standpoint. Um, and then videos, which we were already doing for listings and stuff. So putting them into the, our, our, yeah. our, our paragon. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think it's, it's so much fun for us to reflect back as a company because we started Zoom. We started using Zoom as a coaching platform almost five years ago now. So when I remember like doing my first pivot event, which was happening all in the middle of, you know, the very early stage of COVID in the U.S., just telling my clients, hey, you already use Zoom. Just send a link to your client and say, we can meet this way. And they're like, oh, right. It was, you know what I mean? Like you just saw these people just like lights went on. They're like, okay, I can do this. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. So let's talk about 2021. So you, you make the decision to hire a coach. How did, how did that come about? Well, um, I definitely, um, creeped on you for a very long time. You know, I felt that I felt that. Yes. I think that was one of the things when I started, I sure. went to every podcast. I went to every yep. YouTube video. Um, you know, I, 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 that was, if I had any downtime, I was, yeah trying to listen to everything, trying to learn. And so obviously right. it came up a lot. Um, and so I did reach out in um, 2019 and 2020. And at that point, I just didn't feel like I was ready. I felt like yeah. I, there was a ton of chaos in my life and I was yeah. learning, still learning. So I wasn't ready to jump into that. Um, so that's when at the end of 2020, I was like, I can't, I took on 63 buyers in 2020. And I was like, I drove my wheels off. And I, right. and so that's when I just said, you know what, I think I need to step back and I need somebody to help me really um, organize myself and come up with some goals and really hold me accountable and stretch me. So nine listings sold, if I'm, if I'm doing the math correctly, and 63, by, I, I have a client, big shout out to Nahid Benyamani, if you're listening, uh, she would love this because she is just the queen of buyers in Southern California and, and she'll do 60 or 70 buyer sales, right? As a solo agent now with like a team, her, you know, her son's involved and some others, but like, she just loves it, right? I mean, obviously you're good at it, but you had an intention, it sounds like to become a little more listing dominant. So, so talk to us about what you and your coach have started to put in place. Cause this is clearly still new. We're sitting here in August, right? It takes time to implement these kind of bigger, broader changes. Cause you still have buyer demand coming in. So tell us how you're balancing that out and what you're focusing on to get more listings. Yeah. So we really came up with a, her and I just came up with a strategy and I, she said, what are your goals? And, and I just said, I need to figure out, I still want to do a great business. I still want to do some buyers, but yeah. I would like to spend some more time at home. I think I was gone right. five or six nights a week. And so I said, I would just like a night or two back um, with my yeah. family. Um, and so she's, um, I said, I'd like to pull away from some online leads and really focus on my sphere and my client base. And so we just came up with, a with a, our goals or my goals of, okay, what does that look like? So, um, we put a marketing plan in place. Um, I switched my CRM, um, to, I think it's a little bit more user-friendly, um, and I've organized my database. So my sphere, my past clients, um, I'm doing an online newsletter right now. Um, we went to HomeBot, like just really just, she, you know, one of the things that kind of blew my mind was like, she's like, well, how many times are you contacting your, your clients? And I'm like, uh, and she's like, you should be contacting them <laughs> 24 to 36 times a year. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that. So that's where really, um, putting yeah. some of those things into place has really helped me with make that shift. Yeah. 
So, so, uh, so your online newsletter, like an email newsletter, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of email marketing and it's such an untapped opportunity for most real estate professionals. So you went from zero to HomeBot, which is awesome. You should break down how you're using it and then email, and then we'll talk about the database sort of reorg, but talk about HomeBot first in the email newsletter and, and you know, what, what worked, what didn't, what have you found and then how's it working? Yeah. So email newsletter, I looked at a ton of them um, and then actually came back to all of them just felt really boxy to me and I wanted it to feel very local and very genuine. So I just created one in um, in Canva and it's very local to our area. Like here's the things that are happening in our area. And then I do a little insert of, hey, this is what Bethany's talking about now. And I'll put a picture of my family. Like I just want it to be very genuine. Um, This is what's going on. Yeah. Hyper local. So how much time does that take you to put together? Or is that now some of your assistants doing for you? Yep. That's what my assistant does. So I don't even touch it other than telling her, nope, I don't like this or change that. Yeah. You get to be the editor, not the, not the chief staff writer. And then what about HomeBot? Like, why did you select that product versus others? This is not a shout out for HomeBot, but like we have a lot of clients that use it. So why did, why did you do it? Yeah. So I did it because I wanted, um, I, I felt like um, I talked to my coach and she was like, I really love it. And so I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, but I really did it because once you put this out, once you put your clients in there, they can check back and then you can right. see when they're right. looking at it. So I can reach out and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? You want me to send you one? Are you thinking about selling? Um, and so really talk through to make sure that I'm staying in front of them. If, because if I can see it, some of them are looking at it twice a week or, you know, whatever. And I can be like, why are you looking at this? Like, are you thinking about selling? So it just really gives yeah. me that conversation starter. Is it creepy for them? They're like, how do you know? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? How do you know that I'm looking at it at 1201 at night? What, how do they respond to that when you call? It's all in the delivery. It's all yeah. in and like, Hey, what's happening? And like, it just, as long as you're genuine and you're just yeah. like, Hey, I just implemented this new system. What do you think? I saw that you looked at it. Um, yeah. Is it useful? Do you want better numbers? Like, I'd be happy to meet with you. What are you thinking? Yeah. So good. It, it is. It's all delivery, right? Cause you, you could still be looking at their tech and know that they're on it and not come across like a creeper. Um, so home mod email database. And then when you said you reorganized your, your, you went to a lion's desk, I think it's the CRM you were using or from use, lion's desk to follow up boss, to follow up boss. Love it. Follow up boss. will be happy to hear that. They're one of the sponsors at this year's success summit. So yay. Follow up boss and lion's desk. Those guys are great. I'm not razzing them. Um, so, so what did you do in terms of organization of your database? Yeah. So, um, before I lines us, I had just done it because, um, and I just didn't, I felt like for me, it just wasn't working for me. So I went in and put everybody in there and then integrated all of my leads that will just dump into there. So now the Zillow lead comes in, it just, it's a Zillow. So if I want to send an email database to Zillow, I can just get Zillow people. Um, I put my sphere in there. So if I just want to send a postcard to just my sphere, it goes to my sphere. Um, if I want to do everything email wise, my whole email newsletter goes to everybody. So it can be very, I can target very specific things. Um, one of the things that um, I integrated that I, the reason I kind of started this was there was a old, um, I pulled some old realtor lists. So um, realtors in the area that are no longer licensed um, and that are, we, I called them abandoned clients. And so I put them in a specific list so I can target them that, hey, you owned your house for five years. So very specific list for them, very specific letters to them. Wow. So I want to be clear, agents that are no longer in the business, you're marketing to their, their former client or five or 10 or whatever it is. Yep. Yep. If they don't have somebody and you know, if I know that you know, maybe they didn't do a ton or do whatever. Yep. Um, and, uh, or I've reached out to, you know, clients and, and, and I've done it in my office. That's really nice. where just to keep in touch. Um, right. and, and it's worked. I've gotten um, a listing off it. I just sold a house off of it. So, um, I, and I've just started that probably four to six months ago on it. Good for you. So there's uh, there's my friends at Thousand Watt. Big shout out to uh, to Brian and Mark and the gay and the the gang there. I joined this little insider group, and one of the reports they recently published um, is is really let's just call it the the impact of a lack of loyalty, and and what they're referring to is consumers, right? What they want is they want to talk to their real estate professional. It's like 82% of them want to hear from their agent, but the number of agents that actually follow up was startlingly, as we all know, low. Now, you know, you could argue that there's a bunch of people that are just hacks in this business that sell a house now and then versus professionals like yourself and the people listening to this podcast that are 
a lot more, let's just say attentive to their clients' needs. But it was like something like 46% of every consumer after they bought the house wanted to know how much is my home worth now? They want to keep the, like they, I want to know. That's why I love the HomeBot product and other products that do that. Um, so when you hear those numbers, like, are you shocked by that? The, the lack of loyalty, the I'll just go to Zillow or someplace else because my agent's not reaching out. Um, I'm not actually shocked because I've been in that Zillow world for the last couple of years. It's been really interesting. And that's why I reached out to you guys from a loyalty yeah. standpoint, because I found that with some of these Zillow leads, like I would show them two or three houses and then they would be like, oh, well, I'm going here. And yeah. so I was like, oh my goodness, like I can't have my people that I have built a relationship with do the same thing. I've got to figure that out. And so that's yeah. why I put those systems in place because it's a, it's a punch to the gut when you see one of your clients list a house or a brother of a client right. list a house with somebody else. And you're like, what, what could I have done? I should have done right. better. Right. Um, while I was interviewing you two days later, I was interviewing Tim and Kurt Harland, who are some of the great agents in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And they said, we, you know, we used to have the, the wall of, of fame, but we decided to put up the wall of shame, which was every transaction we lost because we didn't follow up. And I was like, oh, like uh, we could all feel that pain, right? Talk to me, talk to me about marketing. You said I put a marketing plan in place and, you know, coming from your background, I would assume you would have done that but you come into real estate and it, there's just so many things to do and you got buyers and you're showing houses and you got kids and life. So, so tell us about the marketing plan. How did you put it in place? What's in it? What does it look like? What's a typical week or month from a marketing standpoint look like in your business? Yeah. So, um, I, I, like I said, I coming from a marketing background, I, we had a plan. It was great. And then when I got into real estate, it was, uh, it went, it, it was gone. So um, too busy learning, too much going on. So that's, um, so this year I, I literally just printed out a Google calendar, like a blank Google calendar um, and just started writing. Okay. I want a postcard to go out this day. I want a letter to go out this day to this person. This, this needs to go out this day. And we literally just stick to it every single month. I have a calendar. I'm in my office now. I have a calendar, a dry erase board. Here's what this needs to go out. This needs to go out. My assistant has one over here. She knows when she needs to do stuff. So it's just sticking to it um, and just making sure that we're following it. Because if you miss one month, then a lot of, a lot of stuff you did just went to waste. Right. So, so you broke down all the pieces, all the people, and it sounds like it's email, it's direct mail. Um, what about phone calls? What about social? Are you active on Instagram and all these things that, you know, we all talk about and see so many people doing, give us a little insight on the social side. Yeah. So we, um, we have a platform that it here that, um, is called back at you. So it, it, there, it has some content, um, for us. I really, I, I can do so much better on social media. I'm probably better personally than I am on yeah. my business. Um, but I do post, my assistant posts every time I sell a house um, is on there. And um, and that goes on my newsletter too. So people can see she's busy, she's working, she knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, so that's really, um, but I could do so much better on social media. I see everybody's stuff in videos and I want to be like that. Yeah. Um, I'm just not there yet. Um, it's coming at some point, but my biggest thing is to be super genuine with just people in my sphere. I try to friend right. um, clients and then when they have a birthday or they have, you know, a kid or whatever, I try to comment as much as possible because I know that like, when I post something, I love it when people reach out and, you know, right. do that stuff and it's another connection. Yeah. So, so certainly, you know, more on that coming soon at the summit and, and, you know, all the stuff you could do with the loom, Jason Pantana, Courtney, who's right here inside my office. Um, let's talk about like the future. What do you think of the next for, for you, if for everybody listening right now, I don't care when you're listening to this, if, if we're still in, in 2021, happy new year. Cause this year is over, right? Everything that you put in place last year, you're getting the positive or negative, you know, impact from. So you started all these systems and processes and you know, Bethany, like the real impact of your marketing plan is going to be your business in 2022, right? Like that, that's just the way it works. So my question for you is you and your coach, what are those three, four, five moves you're thinking about making for next year and for the following year? Yeah. Um, so next year, following year is continuing with this marketing piece. Um, uh, just continue with the marketing plan. That's number one and, and yep. really digging in and doing some different things in that marketing piece. One thing that we did this year was um, I partnered with some local businesses to do like a um, buy one, get one pizza, buy one, get one ice cream, because I just feel like I was sending postcards and not 
Um, and it was like, oh, look at me or do this. So I'm, I want to do some give, give, give stuff. Um, so I, I, that's kind of what I want to want to continue doing is just yep. making sure that there's some, there's some substance behind that. Um, so for sure, marketing coming, that's exact. that's, I want to make sure that I'm reaching out. Um, I do some drop buys, um, a lot and I'm going to continue doing that. Um, okay. and really that, that those conversations and just, you know, text messages back and forth, um, of, Hey, thanks for the Halloween basket or thanks for the Easter basket, things yeah. like that. So, um, those will continue. Um, I think I still can really re refine my, my CRM and what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I think I can, um, I think for me, just really buttoning up some listing presentation stuff to, make sure that I can be a better listing agent, um, as well. So, but I think for me, just overall marketing and just making sure that I have, um, those big pieces, because I don't think, I mean, I, I started my farm. I haven't seen anything from my farm this year. I'm going to see that next year. I'm going to see yeah. that the year after. Yeah. So, um, so I'm in the process for everybody listening of going through tens and tens and tens of listing attraction case studies. Right. So our clients are saying, hey, this is what's working for me this year to get the most amount of listings and, you know, past clients in sphere and agent age referrals, database, geographic farming, expired listings and FISBOs, like the whole gamut. Right. But it's interesting going through a couple of them that were really good with direct mail. And they all said the same thing when they added the QR code to the direct mail, they started instantly generating more business. You know, we're we're sitting there, you know, at the trash can. Direct mail, direct mail, trash, trash, trash. But they're like, oh, wait, hold on. Yes, I am curious about the value of my home or, you know, what happened with that sale or, hey, I want to take advantage of that BOGO as an example of the pizza place, right? So just for everybody listening, if you haven't played around with QR codes, they were hot 12 years ago. And I don't know, like 11.9 years ago, they were no longer hot. They were in and gone, but the pandemics put them on steroids, right? So, So I would strongly recommend everybody listening right now to think about that. Let's talk about your listing presentation. Where do you want to improve? Where, where are the gaps? Where are the holes? Where do you want to get better? Yeah. So I feel like sometimes, um, you know, for those people that those engineers or those number analysts yeah. I bring a ton um, and sometimes they really want to dig in and we have a lot of that. But I also just feel like one of the things that I can do just so much better is just coming up with a very professional one. I feel like we have a great listing booklet from Oak Ridge in general. And then I feel yeah. like I just kind of, one piece after another comes out. And I think it would just be really nice to have like a bunch of stuff together, but just way more organized. Yeah. So that's kind of one of my goals for the end of the year. Um, as I, I mean, I doubled my listings from last year to this year, and I just feel like that I can just do so much more if I, if I felt like I was a little bit more professional in that, in that yeah. Do you feel like you have the confidence you need going in on those appointments? I'm getting there. I did not have it out of the gate. And and I still feel like sometimes when, you know, when I go in with numbers and pages everywhere that it kind of feels like, oh gosh, what's she doing? Yeah. But again, as we sit here, we're only eight months in ish into the new year and you've been taking nine, you've had nine listings sell two years back to back. You're already at 18. So that's a huge improvement. Is, is, Is coach Colleen happy or is she still beating on you? Uh, she's very happy, but she's still, she still beats on me. <laughs> I had a feeling cause she is tough as nails. So, so your next three moves, like continue on your marketing plan, which is brilliant, right? Brilliant basics, more drop buys, more connections, that personal touch. Love it. Refining your CRM. What does that mean? Like, give me, give me an example. Like how will you know when it's refined? Like, what are you going to do? Um, I think so. I've been in it. Um, I just need to be in it more. I need to do more follow-up. I need to do, um, and I think that just making sure that you know, it's, it's, I don't care what CRM you're using. You just got to use it. And that's where I'm at at this point. I'm like, I need to use it every single day. My assistant's in it every day. Um, I'm just used to like sending text messages and not, and not being, and then not, it not feeding into the system because I just go down and do 10 or 15 of them. So I really would like to pull some data at the end of the year and be like, how many times did I really talk to them or touch them? And so that that way I know where I'm at and I I just don't have a good gauge on that right now. Yeah. I love it. That's, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm all about it's, it's data driven, right? Data driven decisions to make good decisions, ultimately to, to make what's the right move for my business next. Did I overtouch? Did I undertouch? Should I send more email? Are they on HomeBot? Who isn't on HomeBot? Why are they not on HomeBot? What can I do about it? 
all that stuff makes a ton of sense. So, so what about in the future, right? You mentioned that your sister's going to get in the business. D remind me, your isn't your assistant also a relative? She is. She's my sister-in-law. So there you go. Okay. Licensed, so she okay. helps me with some of that stuff. Um, and then my sister got in the business as well. I um, she doesn't work under me, um, but yeah. I've been mentoring her, and she's been doing really well. Um, so yeah. So that's. I don't know what the future is going to look like for me. I, um, I just, um, became partner in April, um, which was really exciting. So there's five of us now. Um, Congrats. and so that's kind of been a, that's been a big weight on my shoulders this last year, trying to, or this last couple of months, trying to learn all of that. Um, so really just, I think for me is just really honing in and being more efficient and effective with what I'm doing and, um, just being more of a player in this market, um, that it, even though I'm new, and I, and I've done a lot of business. There's still, you know, there's still people out there that I think I can touch way more and get to know way more. So what would you do to expand your brand? You talk about your marketing plan and, and I know what your direct mail and email and homebot, you know, are you, are you thinking about video? Are you not? And I'm not attached. You, you, you know, I'm a fan of video, obviously. Right. But I'm not attached. What else, what else can you do to touch and reach more people? Um, I think video would be huge for me. Um, I just got to get over my fear of getting in front of the camera and doing it every day and yeah. thinking, you know, I feel, I always feel like nobody wants to see me. I'm, I don't want to be annoying, yeah. but I also know that I think that would be, it would be really huge in my business. I think with as many emails and I have, if I could do a video newsletter or something, I think it would, I think I could connect more rather yeah. than just something in front. I just need to get over my fear and just do it. Yeah. I, I had a feeling it was just a fear thing because, you know, people at your level, like we just go perform, right? We just go do our thing. So where does that fear come from and what would it take to get over it? I mean, you're on video, you're on camera right now. You look great. Oh, thanks. Um, I think it just, I think I just have to do it. Sometimes you just, I just have to jump in with both feet. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to, sometimes it's the reputation thing of like, oh, when I'm out and about, they're like, oh, there she is. The one that's always on Facebook, you know, or Instagram. <laughs> So I think just getting over that reality and as long as I'm providing value and not just putting stuff out there just to put stuff out there, yeah. that there's value behind it that I think that there, I think people will take it serious. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So I got to ask, cause you brought it up earlier. Are you getting more time off? I am. I, um, I'm trying. Um, I, we, I am, I'm trying. So which one, <laughs> which one is it? Um, I could definitely use more, um, yeah. but it's much better. We end up, uh, we bought uh, an investment property this last year and on a lake. And so we've been spending some time up there. Um, it's a good getaway for me for a good night or two. Yeah. And, and I always tell everybody about it so that when my girls get older, they want to hang out with me that I'd be the cool mom. Yeah. I love it. Congrats. Congrats. And, and look, I mean, I think everybody listening knows, like, like I went through when I started my business, I literally said to my wife, okay, it's going to take me five years to get this thing going, which means five years of, you know, seven days a week, learning, growing, grinding. She's, you know, she would come in and say, why are you still on Facebook? I'm like, cause Facebook was like new. And I was like, cause I can talk to thousands of people. This is, this is unbelievable. This is like me doing a seminar. This is like you doing an open house. And she's like, she would just roll her eyes. And I go, remember I told you five years takes five years to really establish the business. So I have to ask kind of last question, where do you think you'll be at year five transactions, volume, GCI, where do you dream about? Where do you think you're going to be? Yeah. So I, um, I really would love to hit that hundred mark. Um, yeah. I think that's doable. Um, and I would really like to, um, you know, I, I love every client, but I really enjoy um, you know, being, being that go-to realtor for my friends, my family, my neighborhood, um, yeah. and people that I know around. And right now, like I, you know, I want, I, I want to, I want to work with people that, um, are around me and are loyal to me. So that is my goal. I really yeah. want to hit that hundred mark. I'd really like to hit, um, I'm at 14.3 pending and closed this year. I'd mm -hmm. love to hit 20. Um, maybe 25 down the road. Um, yeah. but I'd love to be number one or two or three in the market. Number one or two or three. I think it's number one. I think the, I was, I, I yes. wasn't really like, I wasn't yeah. really. You're like, I like playing in, uh, in golf tournaments where I take second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like losing in softball. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, I would. I, it would be. It would be a very. It'd be a good goal for me to achieve. Well, you got to tell your coach that you got to tell your coach. I, I will tell everybody listening right now is doing some research on uh, the five biggest MLSs in the country. And, and it is startling what's happening right now around the U.S. specifically, where take 1.6 million realtors, take the bottom 50%. They generated about 9% of all the commissions. Like, think about that. Like, that's 800,000 people d basically dividing up 9%. And then the top right, are controlling everything. And when you look at the top 1%, 5%, 10%, 25%, they're basically controlling the market. So you're there, but the delta between being in the top 25% and being number one is massive. So if I had to make a bet, I would absolutely bet on you. Aw, well, thank you. Yeah. Now you've, uh, you've set me up for a challenge. So yes. I can't let you down. I'm, hey, this would be fun. We should go, we should do a, a podcast three years from now. Right. So I'm just looking at my team like, yes. All right. Podcast three years from now. But Bethany, I just want to say thank you. You know, you were wide open. You shared a ton of stuff. Are you going to do the chant or are you going to try and get off this call without doing a chant? There's no way. There's no way. I can't let you off the hook. Tell uh, me, tell me something and sell me something fast. Okay. Um, well, because it's your birthday, I will do yes. it for you. <laughs> All right. Now that's a great birthday gift. Okay. Uh, I'm ready. Let's go. You know how long it's been since I've done this? Oh my gosh. I haven't even done this like for my own team here. They probably are going to be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's go. This is the opening of the podcast, by the way, in case we're wondering, this is the part that's going to be edited and on Instagram. No pressure. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, here we go. I will, I'll sell you your, um, your drink. How's that? Yes. Perfect. All right. Ah, two and a half and a five, two and a half and a five, 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 now seven and a half, seven and a half and now 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, now 12 and a half, 12 and a half, now 15, 12 and a half and now 15, 12 and a half and now 15 sold. <laughs> you should, you should do that on your next listing presentation. What do you guys want to list your house for? You want one ninety nine nine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Bethany, you are such a star. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, listen, people, if they want to reach you, they can find you on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff. Uh, is there an email if they want to like, you know, ping you and say, how do I hear more? What's your best email? Yeah, you can email me at um, bethany.benner at oakridge.net. You can give me a call, text me, um, you know, email me and I'll give you my phone number. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, and I'm, I guarantee you to get a bunch of questions like, how did you do it? And what do you recommend? And I, this is what I'm thinking about. And hey, you're a part of our community. Thank you for being in the ecosystem. Thank you for contributing to everybody today. And for all my friends out there that are listening, you can do it too. You just got to decide. You heard she's, she's giving you basically the blueprint. So as we wrap this up, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Can't wait to see you all next week. Make sure you leave a comment, something below. Uh, absolutely. Bethany will be, I'm sure on YouTube or on, you know, whatever main page you're watching this on and she'll make some comments back. So keep up the good work. Stay in action. Happy new year. Let's get into 2022. See you guys soon. Take care. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.